You gotta understand something here. This music is the glue of the world. It holds it all together. Without this, life would be meaningless. so crazy about it's just music welcome to sound opinions from chicago public radio and american public media i'm jim DeRogatis, the pop music critic at the chicago sun times and i'm greg cutts i write about rock and roll for the chicago tribune today on the world's only rock and roll talk show jim and i host a special valentine's day edition of the show We'll play our favorite songs to set the mood and hear romantic song picks from our listeners across the country. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and now it's time for some music news. That's Jimi Hendrix, of course, with uh, All Along the Watchtower from his iconic 1968 studio album, Electric Ladyland. Jim, it seems like everything that could possibly have been released on Jimi Hendrix in the studio has been released. There are over 400 recordings currently available for Hendrix, who released only those three studio albums in his lifetime. There's something wrong with that picture, absolutely. (laughs) And now we have news that there is even more Hendrix about to surface. In fact, a lost album, as it's being called, a period that documents what was going on in his recording career just after Electric Ladyland was recorded in 1968 and his legendary appearance at Woodstock in 1969. He was transitioning out of the experience, the band that he had formed in England with Mitch Mitchell and Noel Redding. Noel Redding was out as the bass player. Mitch Mitchell was still on his drums, but he was bringing in an old friend of his, Billy Cox, to play bass. And eventually Billy Cox would be the bassist in his new band with Buddy Miles, the Band of Gypsies. Right. There was this transitional period, though, that apparently has been undocumented until now. There's going to be a full studio album called Valleys of Neptune that is going to come out in March documenting what this band did in the studio. Hendrix on guitar, Billy Cox on bass, Mitch Mitchell on drums. And we have one of the key tracks from it. The title song from this forthcoming album, Valleys of Neptune, is available now on the Internet. Well, you know, Hendrix was building his own recording studio called Electric Lady Studios, you know, in Greenwich Village on 8th Street. And it makes sense that he's testing out the equipment. Not for nothing did we play All Along the Watch tower, because the first thing I thought when I heard Valleys of Neptune is uh, this is less about the guitar than it is about the torrent of words. Dylan obviously was an influence on Hendrix, and he's doing that kind of rush of wordplay. But his vocals were never the strong suit, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, his vocals were never a strong suit, but he was clearly emphasizing the lyrics on this particular song. Uh, He was talking about the end of the world, basically. The Valleys of Neptune are going to rise up and wash over the planet, and our new world is going to reemerge from that. So... A heavy message by Hendrix standards being delivered in this particular song. Here it is, Bellies of Neptune from Jimi Hendrix on Sound Opinions. Lord, I feel the 
Valleys of Neptune, the title song from the forthcoming Jimi Hendrix album on Sound Opinions. The look of love is in your eyes, a look your smile can't disguise. The look of love. It's saying so much more than just words could ever say. Yes, Greg, the look of love is in the air here at Sound Opinion Central. Valentine's Day, we love to celebrate this holiday, usually in sort of Sound Opinion style. Last year, I think we did unconventional love songs. A few years back, we did the Love Stinks show. This year, we're just going to wear our hearts on our sleeves and do the best songs for setting the mood very fine line between setting the mood and and getting cheesy. Let's face it, there's so many love songs out there. Most of them are bad. We're going to try to find the good ones. We're going to get some calls from our listeners as well to help us out. What are their favorite mood-setting songs? But it always begins with you and me, Jim, in terms of setting the mood, okay? Well, we do. It's it's our show, and we toss the coin to determine which of us gets to go first whenever we do a show like this. I think given the holiday, it's only appropriate. Deb Cott is on one side. <laughs> uh, my lovely wife, Carmel, Very on the nice. other. I like that. Now, now we don't have to buy presents or flowers. Yeah, there it. you go. The coin is in the air and Carmel it is. It is my turn to set the mood. I'm going to start with a great album by an underappreciated American band. They've been around so long and people think they know everything they can do that I think they take Los Lobos for granted. And yet this is a tremendous band, an American treasure, you know, as far as as combining those Tex-Mex influences with rock and roll and funk and my favorite era, Psychedelia. 
the Kiko album stands out in, in a very strange way from their entire catalog. They went into the studio with Mitchell Froom and made a very focused album that was of a piece in 1992, beginning to end moody, mm-hmm. uh, ethereal, otherworldly, a dark purple night with the fog rolling in and you just want to close the doors and sit by the fire with someone you love. The groove in particular kind of sustains throughout the whole album. It's not a a drum-driven album. It percolates more than it propels. I love this record. I think it's very much of a piece. The song I'm going to play is Kiko and the Lavender Moon. Here it is on Sound Opinions. And the Lavender Moon by Los Lobos sure sets the mood for me, Greg, despite the fact that it's even quoting Three Blind Mice in there a little bit. <laughs> Something about that squeeze box, though, David Hidalgo and the percolating percussion. It's a good choice, Jim. I'm going to pick up on that theme, especially the rhythm that you're referencing there, that Afro-Cuban rhythm. There's something about it that's kind of sexy. It's relaxed, sensual. You heard it flourish in the late 50s, early 60s in rock and roll as it was emerging out of the doo-wop era. As you know, I'm a sucker for great doo-wop songs, and one of the great singers out of that doo-wop era was uh, Ben E. King, who was uh, formerly the lead vocalist of the Drifters, then went on to his own solo career. And I'm going to select one of his early solo recordings, a song that has, you know, his gospel vocals up top, 
that Afro-Cuban rhythm that Los Lobos was referencing in their song, and then that urban sophistication of a Jerry Lieber, Mike Stoller production, you know, the cellos and the, and the cooing background vocals. There's something very expansive about this song. It, it, it sounds like the romance of the big city. You know, you can just see the twinkling lights of those skyscrapers. You feel like you're in this cinema, and all of Manhattan is opening up to you, or the north side of Chicago. It puts me in the mood of, you know, walking arm in arm, with the person you most love and and seeing just the big lights of the city opening up in front of you. Ben E. King with Stand By Me on Sound Opinions. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see No, I won't be afraid Oh, I Just as long as you stand, stand by me. So darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, stand by me. Oh, stand, stand by me, stand by me. If the sky that we look upon should tumble and fall or the mountain should crumble to the sea I won't cry I won't cry no I won't shed a tear just as long as you stand stand by me and all One of my favorite songs for Valentine's Day, Ben E. King with Stand By Me on Sound Opinions. Nice one, Mr. Cott. I know you love the doo-wop. I'm going to pick another album that continues that kind of Kiko vibe of Los Lobos, again from a group that you wouldn't necessarily expect it from. Luscious Jackson was kind of the uh, little sister group to the Beastie Boys Mm -hmm. through much of the 90s, doing that kind of urban street sound of New York, collages of Spanish guitars and jazzy keyboards and funky beats. Then they paired up with a favorite producer of yours, 
Daniel Lanois. <laughs> and I got to say, on Kiko, that Mitchell Froom production really sounds like a Lanois production. Yeah. People often mistake it as one. Fever In, Fever Out is the album that uh, Luscious Jackson made in 1996 with Lanois. It's got that New Orleans thing again. It's incredibly sexy. It's laid back. It's seductive. It has that undertow. I think for setting the mood, you want to be kind of sucked in gently and not hit over the head necessarily. I'm going to play the hit single. It's probably the best known track by Luscious Jackson, but I think they get overlooked a lot. You know, there were so many mm-hmm. larger-than-life female-fronted bands in the 90s alternative explosion, you know, Liz Fair and Hole with Courtney Love, and man, Luscious Jackson just does it for me. This is Naked Eye on Sound Opinions. Wearing nothing is divine, naked is a state of mind, I take things off to clear my head to say the things I haven't said, live inside the elements, the earth and sky are my best friends, water is the evidence that washes me from end to end. Luscious Jackson with Naked Eye, Jim DeRigatis' pick for one of his favorite Valentine's Day songs on Sound Opinions. We're going to continue counting down our favorite Valentine's Day songs and also hear some of your favorites. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media.
Never know how much I love you Never know how much I care When you put your arms around me I get a fever that's so hard to bear You give me fever When you kiss me fever When you hold me tight Fever In the morning A fever all through the night Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. We are doing our Valentine's Day special, focusing on the most romantic songs to set the mood for what is supposed to be the most romantic day of the year. Jim, I'm going to focus on a record that came out last year, was one of our favorite records of 2009 by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. It's Blitz, an edgy kind of New York City avant punk band. Karen O, not exactly celebrated as one of the more romantic singers in the I, genre. I'm wondering where you're going yeah, here. Yeah, she's, she's got a little bit of an edge to her, you know? You're not going to mess with this woman. But that, I think, makes this song all the more vulnerable and all the more romantic because of that veneer. When she breaks it down here on this song and talks about the idea of entering into a relationship with somebody that she wasn't sure about. There's an anxiety in the music that you can hear, an undertow to this music that kind of exemplifies her own inner feelings about entering into a deeper relationship with somebody. And then she breaks through and says, you know what? Suddenly you complete me. You, you make me feel like a whole person. That is a rare and wonderful thing. And I think the way she breaks through to that moment in this song is, is really lovely and really romantic. And I can't think of a better mood-setting song this year. It's uh, hysteric from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs on Sound Opinions. No longer, no longer What you ask Strange steps Heels turn black The cinders, the cinders They light the path In these strange steps Take us back
Hysteric by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs on Sound Opinions, one of Greg Cott's picks for setting the mood. You sly dog, you. <laughs> I wouldn't leave the whole album on, though, because the rest of it is not quite so romantic. Well, it'd be part of the romantic mixtape that I'd be making. All right, I got you. See, I've been going for sustained, you know, 45-minute mm-hmm. epic romantic albums, and I'm going to give you another one. The latest from the album Leaf, a chorus of storytellers. I love this band. Now, let's face it. Part of setting the mood is to play some music that your partner loves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, frankly, I don't care. If she's really into it and it's going to get her motor running, I'll, whatever you want to hear. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and I think, guys, that that's a wise piece of advice for all of you. But the album Leaf is a band that Carmel fell in love with, and that infected me as well. Jimmy Lavalle has had a long career as a uh, single studio entity, you know, a one-man band recording in the studio, making this beautiful largely instrumental but with occasional very soft vocals soundscapes just incredible records that envelop you in the last couple of years he has put together a great band and uh, is truly impressive live and this new record was recorded with that band in more of a live setting so getting out of the one man studio thing and into a more expansive sound the last couple of discs he has gone to Iceland to mix with Bergier John Bergeson mm-hmm. of uh, Sigur Ross fame he produces those records and it's got that kind of frigid outside but warm inside in front of the fireplace vibe i'm going to play a song called there is a wind by the album leaf from the new album a chorus of storytellers on sound opinions
is a Wind by the Album Leaf on Sound Opinions. Greg, you got another mood setter for us? I do indeed, Jim. I'm thinking back to uh, 1967 when Otis Redding and Jerry Butler were in a hotel room in Buffalo together. Now, they were thinking... (laughs) Were they romantic? They weren't romantically involved, but they were having a deep conversation about missing their gals back home. Mm. And I got this story from Jerry Butler years ago. How did you write that song with Otis Redding? And he said, you know, we were talking about the fact that here we are on the road and we are clearly longing to be back home in the arms of our gals and uh, talking about the relationships were pretty far along. And every relationship gets to a point where you either break it off because it's not going anywhere or you go deeper. And in this case, this is a plea to go deeper. Otis Redding and Jerry Butler were talking about the idea of this relationship is losing some of its bloom. You're not quite as in love with me now as you were, you know, a few years ago. And yet, I need you more than ever. We need to make a decision here. How deep are we going to take this? And he's basically pleading with his loved ones, saying, you know, I want to go to the next step with you. I think it's one of the great love songs of all time. It is not a song about lust or a one-night stand. It is about a deep, long-term relationship. Otis Redding with I've Been Loving You Too Long on Sound Opinions. I've been loving you. Please. 
That's Otis Redding with I've Been Loving You Too Long on Sound Opinions, one of my favorite mood setters for Valentine's Day. Jim and I are running down some of our favorite songs to set the mood. But on Sound Opinions, of course, everyone's a critic, and that includes our listeners. Let's go to them now. We've got David from Oklahoma City on the line. And David, you're on Sound Opinions. How's it going? Good. So we're uh, talking about Valentine's Day. We're talking about mood-setting music. Do you have a particular track that you go to in those intimate moments in your life? Yeah, my track is uh, I'd Have You Anytime by George Harrison from the All Things Must Pass album. That's a good choice. Tell, tell us why. Well, I think, first of all, musically, I just can't fade it. I think it's a beautifully written song, you know, chord changes-wise and stuff like that. It's beautifully produced. It's just got a great mellow romantic vibe to it. And lyrically, I think the sentiment is incredibly romantic, especially the chorus. All I have is yours. All you see is mine. I'm glad to hold you in my arms. I'd have you anytime. George has got that kind of mellow voice. It sounds like a perfect intimate bedroom type of voice as opposed to something you could see shouting it out at an arena or something like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, David, it has been my experience in life. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, you know, there's Beatles, there's John, there's Paul, there's George, there's Ringo. But the finest women, the most distinguished women, the most discriminating women are George fans. <laughs> McCartney gets the lover man reputation, but yeah. there's something about a George girl. Indeed. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing that with us. Certainly. Thanks for having me on, guys. All I have is yours. All you see is mine. And I'm glad to hold you in my arms. I'd have you any time. Let's talk to Paul in Milwaukee. Paul, welcome to Sound Opinions. Hi. So have you got a uh, Valentine's Day choice for us, uh, music to put you or your loved one in the mood? Yeah, absolutely. My favorite song for that is Your Hand in Mine by Explosions in the Sky. Wow, I don't know that tune. Do you know that, Greg? That's an instrumental, isn't it? Yep, exactly. Well, cool. So what is it about the song that gets you in the mood? Well, I mean, they're such a, like a sweeping band. It's, it's really amazing when you see them live. Like, they're really, really powerful. And that song in particular, it's really it's very moving and... You kind of feel like you have someone holding your hand when you're listening to the song. So, hmm. And I also like that, too, Paul, because you don't get any, you know, sometimes words can just sort of get in the way. So it's just kind of like you want the soundtrack as opposed to somebody telling you what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Let's, uh, let's hear a little of this. Explosions in the Sky. So, Paul, that's obviously beautiful stuff, but it is kind of sleepy in a way. Are you worried at all that you might put your uh, the object of your affections might kind of drift off? 
I don't think so entirely. Um, when the drums really kicks in there, it really starts to get going. Plus, uh, well, my girlfriend loves it, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's what—that's the ultimate that's the test. Key. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Care to elaborate a little bit more? <laughs> I think my girlfriend will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> no problem, guys. Bye bye. If you want to share your favorite romantic song or comment on anything we talk about on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. You can also email us at interact at soundopinions.org or connect to us on Facebook or Twitter. We'll be back in a minute on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media with our final songs to set the Valentine's mood. Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. It's Valentine's Day weekend, and Greg and I are talking about our favorite tunes to set the mood. We want to hear from some more listeners before we get to our final choices, though. Yes, we do, Jim, and uh, we've got Cheryl on the line from New York City. Cheryl, welcome to Sound Opinions. Thank you very much. And uh, what is your mood-setting music? Well, I chose something very bitter and cynical because I feel the need to speak for those who don't experience the hormonal, warm and fuzzy, sugar-induced bliss this time of year. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I do call it Black Sunday. I don't refer to it by its other name. So the song I chose was I Trained Her to Love Me by Nick Lowe because it was one of the most cynical songs I could come up with. How can you go wrong with the Jesus is cool? Do you see the way she lights up when I walk in the room? That's good And the skip in a step When we're both out Walking in the neighborhood This one's Almost done Now to watch her fall apart I trained her to love me So I can go ahead And break her heart 
That's Nick Lowe. I trained her to love me. So, Cheryl, well, let me get this straight. When exactly do you play this song? I want to be clear of the circumstances here when you put that on. Uh, this is usually when I'm home at my apartment. I've slipped into something cover- comfortable, and I've crawled into bed with my two favorite men, Ben and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's All right. great. All right. I love it. And then this way you listen to Nick, and you don't feel like you're missing nothing. Exactly. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks for playing along on Sound Opinions. Thank you. I trained her to love me. Now excuse me, I've got work to do. I trained her to love me. And I'm gonna start working on another after this. And when I get that one in a state of bliss, betray her with a key. Our last guest critic is Brad from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Brad, welcome to Sound Opinions. Thanks. So what's your Valentine's Day setting the mood music choice? Okay, it might sound a little bit unusual, but uh, I love the song Temptation by New Order. Oh, I love Ah. it. I love it, too. Yeah. Now, you got to tell me, there's different versions of that song. There was a remix, disco-y type version. Are we talking about the original, original Temptation have to admit, it all stems from dancing in the first place. So okay. it is the long, dancey substance mix of okay. Temptation. Gotcha. So it's kind of more the disco-fied, a little bit more of a backbeat to it. Definitely. Yeah. So what is it about it that sets the mood, though? You want to be on the dance floor when you hear that version, right? Well, that is why it sets the mood, though. There really is a story behind it. Uh, my now wife, when her and I used to go dancing, when we first started dating, we tended to hear that song quite a bit, and that evolved into the two of us becoming kind of obsessed with the album Substance. And so, you know, when we threw our own parties, and even at our own wedding, that song became a centerpiece for us. It was mm-hmm. always kind of our song, and, and it really comes down to the lyric in the chorus, that up, down, turn around, please don't let me hit the ground. I think that was real symbolic of our relationship. You know, we felt very hard in love, and at the exact same time, we had that song as the soundtrack. by the end of that song, if you follow it lyrically, he's fallen freshly in love, and then by the end of that song, he's just kind of marveling at the person he's with. And on a dance floor, that is a very effective song. I mean, by the end of it, if you two aren't swooning, then it's not meant to be. (laughs) You've sold it well. Thank you, Brad. Excellent choice. Thank you. You're listening to Sound Opinions. 
Greg, you and I are choosing our romantic songs for Valentine's Day weekend. We've got one pick each left. I'm going to end with something a little more upbeat. This may be for earlier in the evening, okay? Romeo Void was a great band out of San Francisco, busy from 1979 to 1985. We have had a huge resurgence in indie rock in the last couple of years of that dance pop sound of the early 80s. Why there has not been a Romeo Void revival, I don't know. An incredible front woman in Deborah Eyal, powerful, assured of herself, and that was infectious, that incredible spirit. The big hit, of course, everybody will remember is Never Say Never. I might like you better if we slept together. <laughs> you know, that's just laying it on the line. I got to go with Romeo Void just because it makes me think of love on Valentine's Day. Here it is, Never Say Never on Sound Opinions.
Never Say Never by Romeo Void on Sound Opinions. Greg, you have one more mood setter for us? Well, Jim, I think that song is perfect for the beginning of the evening, and now I've got one to uh, end the evening with. John Legend with a song called Show Me. I've been up and down on Legend in terms of his output as a songwriter. I think sometimes he skews too heavily towards the commercial pop spectrum and underplays his gifts. But on this particular song, I think he knocked it out of the park. He was uh, he said he was channeling a little bit of Jeff Buckley and listening to a lot of Jeff Buckley when he was writing this song. But what I hear more than anything else is a continuation of that tradition in R&B where the divide between secular love and sacred love is very narrow indeed. You know, are they talking to a lover? Are they talking to God? Are they talking to both? You can hear it in the music of Marvin Gaye. You can hear it in Al Green. You can hear it in Prince. And now you can hear it in this song, where it does sound like a prayer. Okay, indeed, maybe he is talking to God, but he wants to channel that spirit through a lover. And I think when you combine those two elements, that spirituality with the carnal aspect of it, you've got something really beautiful and special. And to his credit, he didn't overplay it. It's basically just his voice and this very subtle guitar, and it's a beautiful song for that reason. John Legend with Show Me on Sound Opinions. Love 
Show Me by John Legend, a nice choice, Greg. If you want to see a list of all of our Valentine's Day mood-setting songs, as well as the listeners' selections, you can visit us at soundopinions.org. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, exciting stuff, Jim. We have a live appearance by Rivers Cuomo of Weezer. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Sound Opinions was produced by our Cupid-esque sweetheart team of Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn. And our executive producer and fearless leader is Tori Southside Malatia, a man who, like Luscious Jackson, knows that naked is a state of mind. Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. New messages. Hello, Jim and Greg. This is Jim Meyer in Minnesota. I'm calling to surrender, guys. As you know, I've been leading a one-man nationwide boycott of Sound Opinions ever since your horrible review of Amy Winehouse, Back to Black from which she never has really recovered. But I could not miss your Peaches episode last week. I loved the interview, the Charlotte Gainsbourg review, but especially, and all kidding aside here, I really appreciated your reporting on the Ticketmaster Live Nation merger. You guys definitely covered the economic impact, 80 years of legal history, and really nailed some of the delicious modern political hypocrisy about it. Truly, it was a strong reminder of the great range and quality of the show I've been missing. Anyway, uh, please have mercy, keep rocking, most of all, keep reporting. Take care, guys. Hey, guys, this is Nothin from uh, San Francisco. I was listening to your review of the latest uh, Midlake album, and you guys were talking about how they're part of uh, what you see as a mini trend. And I actually, I named that trend with the, with my friends a few months ago. Uh, we were talking about Fleet Foxes, Blitz and Trapper, uh, Grizzly Bear, Animal Collective, anything else, you know, with that sort of serene pastoral sound. And there's usually lots of reverb and high vocal harmonies and sometimes some uh, woodland creatures <laughs> mixed in there. Uh, anyway, we're calling it Forest Rock. So if you guys like it, you can feel free to use that term. Uh, anyways, love the show, guys. Thanks. Hi, this is Shauna in Chicago. And I'm calling in response to Jim's review of Taylor Swift. This is the second time in recent memory that you've mentioned that you consider yourself a feminist. For you to say that these female artists aren't, like, strong enough or powerful enough or determined enough to live up to your feminist standards is about as patriarchal a view as you could possibly have. 
who are you as a male critic to sit back and say that these women aren't living up to your ideals of feminism? I, I really think that's something that you're not in a position to say. So I sincerely hope you'll keep your mouth shut about your feminism. Hi, this is Zoe from Raleigh, North Carolina. Oftentimes, I hear you guys say things that really tick me off. But today, when you guys were talking about Taylor Swift, it really irritated me. I am a huge Taylor fan. But I gotta say, I was really surprised when they called her name. I personally think Beyonce's record was probably better than Fearless. My issue lies with, with a couple things. One, when you said you agreed with Kanye. I mean, really, how, how disgustingly selfish is that of you to think that because you thought Beyonce had the better song, you know, that was appropriate? No. Even my friends who hate Taylor's music said that Kanye was disgustingly wrong for doing that. Second thing. When you said that 15 did not describe accurately young womanhood, I am a young girl, and I have to say, I think Taylor's songs are an accurate portrayal of young womanhood. But her songs mean something. They are what I go through as a young woman. You don't know anything about young womanhood. You've never been through it. Go ask your teenage daughter if those songs make her feel like somebody else knows exactly what she's feeling. Because I guarantee you she'll say yes. No more messages. To give us your opinion on sound opinions, call our hotline 1-888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with sound opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media.